Welcome, friends. I'm so excited today. I have the beautiful, wonderful, amazingly spirited Miss Megan Yoder on with me today. And I have to just give a little blurb about how I know Megan. So uh, Megan has been one of my most committed online stalkers. <laughs> I said that right as you took a drink on purpose. Um, and, and we've talked about this, so I feel comfortable saying that. Yes. But our paths have crossed online, right? And we've had this sort of online back and forth, and then we got to meet in person, which I think we were both excited about. And yeah. I'm excited that now you've become this like, oh, online human. And now I actually know you. Like I get to be in your presence and I get to sink into that. And so I just want to tell you like what an honor it is for me when the people who are in my audiences, whether virtually or in person, become people that are my colleagues that I really get to build relationship and connect with. And you're one of them. And so I'm so excited you're here with me. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Stacey. It's so sweet. Well, it's so true. Are you getting teary already? Okay, great. Oh, no, you have me laughing. <laughs> okay, so that's my intro to Megan, but I want you to really introduce who you are. Who are you? What are we doing? What do you do? Tell me a little bit about your organization, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I work for ESDAC, which is a big, long acronym. Oh, my gosh. Let me see if I, I got it. Educational Service Center across Central Kansas for staff development. Oh my gosh, I totally botched that. Anyway, um, so it's an amazing organization. And so my one of my roles is as an educational consultant on the resilience team. So there's a whole crew of us that are experts in various things. And so we get to go out and do consulting in those areas. But my primary job is running the Reno County Learning Center. I'm the director there. So, I mean, director is kind of like a fluid title. It's actually like I'm the principal, I'm the counselor, I'm the secretary, I'm the nurse. <laughs> Sometimes I'm the social worker, right? Um so I wear many, many hats on a daily basis. But what that means is we run an alternate high school. So we have high school age students all the way through adulthood. So we get to help people get their high school diplomas that had barriers that prevented them from completing their high school diploma. Um, Love that. Originally intended. Yeah. And it's, it is so fun to get to walk alongside them in that journey and help them get there. Yeah. When you and I got to meet in person, I immediately was like, our energies are like soul energy. And the reason I feel that way, and as you're unpacking what you do, is because you're loving these hard kids, which they've been labeled hard kids. They're actually not, right? They're like kids who've been through hard things and have not had a lot of adults who understand what those hard things are. And you get to love them through whatever that looks like. And I just love that you're doing that work. And I want to hear a little bit more about how you got into this. Yeah, so um, I actually started off... Um, my first degree is as a licensed surgical assistant. What? This is yeah. great. Okay. I yeah. love when people, I love when people pivot. Yeah. And so I pivoted because I just realized like, this is not for me. Like I loved anything OBGYN, delivering babies. That was my jam. Right. But there's just not very many openings for that. And so then I got into the psychology field and I worked in mental health for a long time as a, um, an attendant care worker, group facilitator, that kind of thing. And eventually started working for a school district and they were like, Hey, I think you could be a really great teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I got my teaching license through the transition to teach program, teaching family and consumer science. 
And I, man, I loved that. And um, I'd been in a really dark place in my life at one point. And so I saw the same needs in my classroom. And so I'd asked if I could bring a different enrichment class into our building. And so I was teaching mindfulness and yoga mm-hmm. to my students because I knew how beneficial it was to me. And I thought, man, if we could get this in their hands, get these strategies to them as young kids at 12 years old, how much different could their life path be for them instead of learning it when I was 25? Mm-hmm. So I got permission to start teaching that. And I, was quickly getting results inside of my classrooms, like people in my building who really struggled with kids, I did not have the same problems with. They, they, they just responded well to the strategies I was teaching them. I, they were seeing an increase in attendance in kids and engagement and stuff like that. And so somehow, I don't know, but Rebecca Lewis Pankratz found me and I had kind of, I'd been attending a ton of ESDAC conferences and stuff over the years because I wanted to learn more. And for the first time in my life, I was around people who thought the same way about kids as I did. Mm. I remember the first time being at the the very conference that you're coming to, Bridging to Resilience, I just went, oh my gosh, these people get it. They think the way that I think. And I just remember leaving there crying and going, I'm not the one that's wrong. Mm. So there's a couple things you've said that I think are super important in that last piece, that last point of I'm not the one that's wrong. So many of the families that I work with and a lot of the educators, when I go into their districts, we're pioneers. This is not happening in every school district, right? Trauma-informed practice, human-informed practices, social-emotional learning, meeting kids in their dysregulation and co-regulating them to where they go next. It's not happening in every district. And so it sometimes it feels pretty lonely. Yeah, it did. And I, I mean, I can even remember being told that I wasn't a real teacher because of the things that I was teaching them. Mm. You know? So- you you alluded to being in a dark place and learning these practices. And I'm wondering how much of what you've learned in your professional life translates to your personal life and how much of what you've learned in your personal life translates to your pres- professional life. It's everywhere. <laughs> it is right. so intermingled. Sometimes I don't know what is what. <laughs> right. Like one thing that we love to do in the ESDAC world and our learning center are check-ins, you know, mad, sad, glad, or afraid. And what is that about? Like, we don't ask each other, Hey, how are you? Because what does everybody say? Fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm yeah. okay. And, and you're lying. Yeah. Right. Like, I know for me, like I can say, like, if I were to tell you fine, I'm absolutely lying to you. We have $8 in our bank account. Mm. I'm not fine. We right. get paid tomorrow. So right. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. Don't worry about me. But like, you know, it's, we, we are humans. We have things going on. And so we need to ask, are we mad, sad, glad, or afraid? Well, so, so walk me through that check-in. Let's do one right now. Tell yeah, me absolutely. how it works. Yeah. Okay. You be the leader. Okay. So how are you coming to me today, Stacey? Are you mad, sad, glad, or afraid? And what is that about? You don't have to name every emotion. Just what comes to the surface for you. Say just enough. Hmm. So I feel glad because I was looking forward to this conversation. Very, very glad about that. Uh, I also feel sad because summer's ending and fall is beginning. Although fall is my favorite, there is a transition period in there. Uh, and I'm always a little bit scared because I have teenagers. 
So I live in a state of fear almost every day of what's going to happen to them. Are they doing okay? What does today look like in their day? And I don't feel really mad yet today, but that's, that's where I'm at. Okay. That was awesome. Now, do I get to ask you the same question? Yeah, but let me finish real quick. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks, Stacey. Uh-huh. So you just, you acknowledge the gift that the person that. has given you. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Yeah. So for so, me, yeah, um, your turn. Glad, I love it. Yeah. Glad. Um, really excited for this conversation today. And I told my students this morning, I was a little bit nervous for it because I didn't know how it was going to go. And I'm using some technology I've not used before. I'm using a really fancy microphone and you know how technology can be. You never know if it's going to yeah. work. So I was nervous for that. Um, afraid. I've got some kids who are some students who are going through some things. Mm-hmm. And so I've got some fear around that. I don't think I have any mad. Sad. No, I don't think I have any sad. Mm. Not anymore. Thanks, thanks for sharing that, Megan. Yeah. So really, it's just all about I the art of holding space. Yeah. And we don't, we as the facilitators don't try and jump in and save and fix and rescue and offer advice. We're just listening. Love that. Well, we talk a lot about that regulate, relate, reason, right? And those three words. And there's so many, there's so much just in that simple piece of sad, glad, mad, afraid, where you're allowing people to share regulate or not regulated. And then just validating and acknowledging in that relate piece and not even going to the fix piece. And I just, that flows so nicely. Thanks for sharing that resource. I think that's such a great resource. And it's also fun too, because you'll have sometimes, especially my teenagers, they'll be like, well, I'm confused. Mm. What is confused? It's a combination of something, right? Mm -hmm. But what's that combo? Yeah. We're tired. What combination is tired? Yeah. Love that. So when you are living this in your personal life, what does this look like? Right. What does it look like in your family? Are you, are you Megan, the educator? Stop mom. Stop being a teacher. Wife, stop, stop doing this to me. Like, what does that look like in your personal life? Yeah. So I actually use Matt's I've got afraid a lot, especially with my daughter. She's seven. And so she is very emotionally intelligent. She's of course super smart little critter. Right. But she's also constantly like my little science experiment with stuff like this. I've even used some of your strategies on her before when I took your, one of your classes. Um, And so I'm able, if she's like, oh, Okay, Bella, mad, sad, or afraid? Mad. Okay, what's that mad about? And it just gets her talking instead of saying, you know, what's wrong? Why are you growling at me? You know, because that, that word why puts them in their defense mechanism. Yeah, and love that. And like I learned from you, why is a cortex question, right? Why never brings out warm, fuzzy, I love you, I want to tell you. Why is so prickly, right? Yeah. But what a way to, also the other thing you're doing is you're giving them options for how they feel. So they don't have to like grasp into their cortex and think of a feeling word. I really love that piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, My daughter introduced me at one of my last speaking gigs and she's like, so I'm Stella, her lifetime guinea pig, all (laughs) the things she's talking to you about, she's worked on with me. And I loved it for a lot of reasons, but it sounds like in your life also, this work is not just use at work. This is not, I think it feels more meaningful when we're living it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what is it like for you to live 
some of this work every day? What are the things you've put in place in your own life? Oh, well, it even just kind of helps me identify where I'm at sometimes. Like the other morning we're, you know, it's, it's the morning routine, like breakfast and get dressed and out the door. And my students are texting me and, you know, just the busyness of the morning. And then my husband goes, Hey, did you pack or sack lunch yet? Hmm. What are you doing right now? You know what I mean? And so before I can, before I let myself respond in that, that way, I went, Whoop, nope, what am I feeling? Is it really mad? No, it's not mad. It was afraid. It was mm. afraid that I wasn't being a good mom. Mm. Oof. That one hits, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. How much, you know, how much time do we spend masking our fear of being parents in madness or angry or, you know, those are sometimes we don't, it's, we, it's hard to acknowledge that I'm afraid if I'm being a good mom or not, Megan. Right. And I look at, yeah. And I look at that too, as it's also because what is society accepting of what mm. emotions as a woman are women allowed to feel out of those mm. four, we're really only supposed to show glad because mm. if we're sad, Oh, are you hormonal? Are you being irrational? Same with mad. Yeah. We're mad. Oh, are you hormonal? You know? And so same with like men. Like men definitely in society aren't allowed to show sadness. Right. So no wonder suicide rates are so high in men. Right. You're giving people, when you just break it down in those four categories, you're really giving people permission to have a fuller range of emotion. I love that. Uh, Okay. I want to move into a different topic. Tell me where, so I'm coming to a conference. I've never been to this conference. I know. I'm so excited. So I want to hear what in the world are people getting into? Bridging to resilience, right? Is that what it's called? Yes. I I always call it B2R. So I want to make sure I'm getting that. Okay. Tell me what people are, can look forward to. Who is this for? Um, So this is literally for everybody because we at ESDAC and the resilience team, we strongly believe that if we want to make major change, we need everybody at the table. Teachers, SROs, pharmacists, doctors, the secretary at a law office, like whoever, everybody needs to be at the table. Parents. Parents. Of course. Yes. Okay. Love that. And what what are they signing up for? So it is going to be an amazing two and a half day conference where we're going to have some awesome keynote speakers. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Um, We've also got Jim Sporleader and then um, we've got Chad Higgins too, who is our our big director over all of ESDAC. And so we've got some awesome keynote speakers. And then there's a ton of amazing breakout sessions and it is from people who are doing the work out in the field in their classrooms every single day. Mm-hmm. And then one of my absolute favorite things is you're going to get to hear what we call hope spotlight speeches. And they are from the students in our mm-hmm. learning centers. They get to tell their stories. And we also have a parent panel of um, people who have come out of poverty through poverty projects that we help run. And we just kind of get to hear their sides of the story. And it is the most powerful pieces Mm -hmm. And we we will feed you well, (laughs) all kinds of good snacks and drinks, help eat your feelings. (laughs) Love that. Love that. So one of the things that sometimes people ask me is, do I need to have my shit together to come to a conference? 
<laughs> is that a great question? You know, it, it, people ask me these kind of things. So I always say no. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I 100% agree. Don't you don't have to have your stuff together. No, because I think conferences like these, I, for me, coming to a conference like this is really about hearing what other people are doing and getting more ideas, right? I always say, if you never have enough tools in your toolbox, um, I feel honored. I get to come, I get to keynote, I get to talk. And there are so many people on the schedule that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to learn from that person. I can't wait to learn from that person. And so whatever role we're in, I don't think we have enough tools in our toolbox. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that piece. Tell me what the weather is going to be like in November in Kansas. Oh, goodness. You know, it could <laughs> easily be 40 degrees and snowing. It could be a warm, perfect day. So good to know. I, I, I can even remember just a couple of years ago wearing jeans and a t-shirt and it was Christmas Eve. So you just don't know what Kansas is going to do. So um pack the day before you come after you check the weather Love forecast. And also know that might change too. <laughs> no, this is really helpful, Megan. I know some people make jokes about like, when we talk about the weather, it's very surfacy. When we live in the Colorado mountains, weather is all about connection, bringing us together because we're surviving the weather. And so I'm always curious where other places are. Okay. I would love to hear one of your favorite tools in your toolbox around dysregulation. You see a kid in the middle of a meltdown, really struggling, whether that's the upset kind of on that arousal continuum, angry, kind of dysregulated in that way, or shut down, checked out, not available. They're somewhere in that continuum and they're dysregulated. What's the number one thing you do to connect with that kid? The very first thing I do is I sit hip to hip with them. Ah, I love that parallel. Mm-hmm. So good. And I just sit there in silence. Mm. There silence quietly. is our superpower, right? Yes. Okay. Hip to hip. Hip to hip. Hip, hip to hip. Zip it. That's what I'm going to call this intervention. Okay. What? <laughs> and then what do you do? How long do you, how do, how long do you hip and zip? I might have a little, like maybe over between 30 seconds and a minute. Okay. And then I just take a big, deep breath. And I let them hear that. Mm. And then pretty soon I'll take another one. And then they're doing it with me. Mm. I love it's that. those mirror neurons in our right. brain. Right. And then pretty soon we're breathing together. And then I'll just ask, Matt's out or afraid. Mm. And then we kind of get a conversation going. Mm. Or if they kind of don't respond right away, I might say, are, are we good here? Should we get up and walk and talk? Mm. Yeah, that movement piece. That movement. So piece. hip, zip, breathe, mm-hmm. feeling check-in. Yeah. Love that. Uh how responsive do you think kids are to that? Because there might be some people listening to this that are like, that's never gonna work. <laughs> sure. Um, you also have to have a relationship too with a kid. I, you know, honestly, in my experiences, I don't know that I've ever seen a stranger be able to Mm. walk up to a kid and regulate them because there's some form of trust there of like, I've got you. Yeah. So you're not, you're not hip zip breathing with a kid. You don't know necessarily. Yeah. Okay. 
I think that's so important. And when I talk to parents and families or teachers about, I can never do this. When that feedback is like, that's never going to work. That's exactly what I say too, is relationship. How much money in the bank of relationship do you have? Mm -hmm. And I love that. And, and the, the parallel process so much better than this, right? One-to-one, eye-to-eye. Isn't that scary? It can be very intimidating. Yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm dysregulated, I don't want my boss in my face. Like what's wrong? You know, I'm, I'm picturing that actually. I'm picturing like you and Rebecca doing that. Like I, that feels so uncomfortable for, and for you both. Like I can't even imagine that happening. Right. And we're, we're yeah. educated people with fully formed brains. Yeah. Now we're expecting kids to be eye to eye yeah. with us. And, um, and then another thing I love to do with, <laughs> People laugh at me for this, but especially if they don't respond right away and I'm still giving them space, we're still breathing, right? Be like, see that thing right there? What would it be like if we licked that? Oh, I love that question. Because <laughs> then your tongue literally can feel it. I mean, like right now, if I looked at my keyboard and went, hmm, what would it be like if I licked that? I can feel what that would be. It's like smooth yeah. and bumpy and there's cracks. You can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So the strategy that in that, right, is distraction, humor, sensory system, like just that one question is so engaging in all the parts we want to regulate. And I love that. That's great. My daughter would be like, well, let's look at, we lick everything. That's what, that's how this works. She loves to lick people when she says hi, that's how she (laughs) greets them. She'll love that. I disclose that. Uh, Okay. So any lasting thoughts, thoughts you want to leave with our audience, anything else we should know about Megan Yoder and all that you're doing? Oh gosh. Um, I just, I really believe in kids and their stories and whether it's little T trauma or big T trauma, like we're all impacted by something like I, nobody gets out of childhood for free no. and we all have things. And if anything, one of my biggest, I don't know if I, I don't want to, I don't think I want to say focus or I don't know what word I want to put there, but I love to help break up the stereotypes mm. of an school kid or that kid. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if we, if we knew their whole story, it would break our hearts. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that's a really important value for you. Also that, that understanding the bigger picture and the bigger story and not just this little sliver or slice of behavior. That's such a big piece. Well, I love that we got this time together, Megan. Thank you for joining me. I can't wait to hug you in November. This is so exciting. So, okay. We will be in touch. I will see you soon. Okay. Great. Thanks for having me, Stacey.